Welcome, friends, back to the What's Right show, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam Rajovsky here, your host, also known as Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. So the videos, (laughs) these things are great. The internet never fails us. There are these videos circulating on social media of Hunter Biden, after we got all the denials that Hunter was nowhere near the White House, could not have been the, uh, well, let's say the the hapless individual who left behind his dime bag of cocaine in the White House. We were told he was up there in, um, you know, out of town, Camp David with, with, uh, with Joe Biden and Joe Biden, couldn't have been him. There are pictures now, video of him that are from the balcony there of the White House suspiciously rubbing his nose in a manner consistent with a cocaine user. Now, is this dispositive proof of him uh, perhaps being back on the devil's dandruff? I can't say so conclusively, (laughs) but... I've been showing it to my friends. I've been showing it to people who aren't political. I've been showing it to people who voted for Joe Biden this morning. A colleague of mine, went, we went and had coffee and I said, all right, okay, I'm going to play the, let me play this video for you. <laughs> let, me just, let me just play this video for you. You tell me what you think. And she goes, yeah, yeah, he just, uh, he just did a line of coke thousand percent so what do i mean what what does this mean what is this practically uh going to what's going to happen here one notice how the media in this entire hunter biden cocaine story is circling the wagons around the president and around the president's family they are not giving this up but i'll see another part of this there is a genuine public interest in this. Uh, and and, and, and I, as a lawyer, I'm looking at this. I'm going, look, part of his plea deal in the tax and gun case, part of the sweetheart gift that he was given by Merrick Garland consisted of a, a promise to be substance-free consisted, as I understand it, the deal consisted of him being, uh, well, participating in a diversion program, etc. This stuff jeopardizes his deal. So when you see Corinne Jean-Pierre fight this thing, when you see Biden trying to laugh it off and saying, this is nothing happening here, nothing to see here, folks, you have to understand that the root of it is a significant legal problem. And that is that a... Uh, well, let's say a little uh, a recurring drug problem of Hunter Biden could ultimately lay waste to his entire sweetheart deal that he got with the Justice Department, which, of course, was controversial uh, just a week ago, right? People were talking about it a week ago. And this leads me to, I, I got to just ask this out loud, and I know the answer to this. 
And I think you know the answer to this as well. And that is, you know, who in their right mind would test fate like this? Imagine that you skate with no jail time and a slap on your wrist for something that could have put you in prison for 10 plus years. So I don't know about you, but if that were me, I would be thanking one, my lucky stars, and two, whatever conditions, precedent and subsequent that were put in place that that I had to fulfill in order to make the deal happen, I would do them. If they told me I needed to stand on my head in, in two-hour shifts around the clock for three weeks straight, I would do it. Because that would be certainly uh, being in jail. However, if you're Hunter Biden, you think you know, the rules are bent and adjusted to you and your whims, the rules don't apply. And so you flaunt the rules. And that's, folks, why this is all going to come crashing down. That's my conclusion in all of this. It's all going to blow up in their faces because they think they're going to get away with it. And what Hunter Biden doesn't realize is that this entire thing, his life, his criminal culpability, his exposure, all of it is dependent entirely, not on his genius, not on his good looks, right? Not on his cunning. It's based entirely on the fact that his father wields political power, control of the media, etc. And when I say that that's all hanging by a thread, that's what I mean. I mean, it's all hanging by a thread. It's very susceptible to changing uh, winds. What if suddenly it's determined that Biden is too much of a liability? What happens? How does a guy like Biden, and we discussed this yesterday, and it was, I mean, it's just incredible, all the stuff coming out now through litigation, where we are discovering the extent to which the Biden administration has been able to browbeat, threaten, and otherwise intimidate Twitter, Facebook, Google, right, YouTube, into blocking content that they find unappealing and damaging to their cause. It is an enormous amount of power that they've been wielding these past several years behind the scenes. And I raise that as a, I raise it as an important, as an important point because that power is all predicated on the Biden administration having, you know, the, the, the sum and substance of public will behind them. And that public will, that, that sentiment can be taken away. It's a fickle thing, folks. When you build your entire existence on having people like you, not love you, like you because, well, nothing bad is said about you in the media. They're all covering for you. They're all protecting you. They're all spinning a yarn, if you will, that puts you in the best light. What happens when that media stops doing that? What happens when these good people at NBC, CBS, 
ABC, MSNBC, etc. Decide you're a has-been. Decide instead of cultivating the best things you've ever said in the best possible light, start to bring up some of your statements. And I'm speaking about Biden here, obviously, right? Start bringing up statements about, you know, things you've said that are, I mean, <laughs> pretty obviously racist and, and bigoted and idiotic. What happens to the political protection that, Bi- that Hunter Biden enjoys all comes crumbling down. And what does a drug addict like Hunter Biden do when his political protection around him begins to crumble? Because that's an important question. What happens? I'm going to tell you, like, this guy, I don't think Hunter would last a month in federal prison. So he starts to make deals. And the deals he'll make, I'll tell you, not good for Joe Biden. That's, that's you know, where I'm at on this. Now, uh, when we come back, there's a, a story developing right now. You're not going to see this anywhere in the mainstream media, but there is a one of the missing Biden corruption witnesses, Dr. Gal Luft, has detailed allegations against Joe Biden and his family, made an extraordinary video. This has been made available exclusively to the New York Post. Uh, This is, if any of this is true, it is devastating. And what it details, more than the allegations themselves about Biden being corrupt, we know that, we've already had that established. What it shows is the extent to which the FBI is running interference for Joe Biden. Now, I'm going to tell you this. The FBI, to the extent that it has done this stuff and continues to do this stuff, protecting Joe Biden at the expense of its own integrity, that will end when the FBI, always acting in its own self-interest, right? This is not selfless stuff. They were protecting Joe Biden during the election, running against Trump, Because, of course, anyone, anyone was better than Donald J. Trump when it came to the FBI's long-term survivability. So what did they do? They helped the Democratic candidate. They helped the challenger to the sitting president of the United States. But I'm telling you, what happens when... These people all talk, right? These are all politically connected folks at the top of the agency. What happens when they get in the back room and they start to say, well, you know what? This Joe Biden guy, he may not make it. And the person that's going to come in, whether it's Ramaswamy or it's DeSantis or Trump or whoever, they're going to clean house and it's going to be a bloodbath over here. We better think of a plan B that is different than the B for Biden, if you catch my drift. At that point, These people are over their skis, these people being the Bidens, they're over their skis, they're exposed, and all hell will break loose. I I, I know you think that I'm I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I promise you this is going to get very interesting. I gotta share the story about this this witness. I got I I have I have clips from the video that he um, that the New York Post just shared. I'll give you the the straight scoop on this when we return. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT, you're listening to the What's Right Show.
If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here. <clears throat> gather my voice. Pardon me. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. So, the New York Post exclusively reporting today, uh, this is a, a, a very, very important development in the Biden corruption case. Dr. Gal Luft, who has been the co-director of the Institute for Analysis of Global Security, and this is a Washington-based think tank focused on energy security. He's an Israeli guy, but he's in the energy space. Now, this is important because, of course, I just need to rewind a little bit. Where was Hunter Biden bagging most of his dough from? Oh, wait. Now, these were all energy companies or, or alternatively, uh, governmental organizations and NGOs that were in the energy space. So you have to understand this was a guy intimately com- you know, connected into the international energy community. And for the last 15 years, he's a resident of Israel. Four years, he was a senior advisor to the, and wait for it, the China Energy Company, the CFC. Now, I believe as I'm reading all of this, if you go back to the WhatsApp message, the infamous threatening text sent by Hunter Biden to uh, a guy named Z, alternatively known as Chairman Zhang, although there seem to be perhaps in the text two different people. Regardless, the text says, give us the money or else... Honor threatens between me and the man sitting next to me, (laughs) his father. I will see to it that you guys experience the full wrath of the Biden family business. So you see, you get the idea here that this guy who's speaking has a degree of credibility on the topic. And he apparently made himself known all the way back in March of 2019. Now, now let's just, let me rewind here. March of 2019, what was going on? Well, March of 2019 was, was early primaries. March of 2019, Biden was stuttering and puttering, but, but he was about to break through and get the nomination. When was South Carolina, Robbie? When was that? This was right around the time when Biden, who was dead on arrival, and I, you know, I, I spoke about this publicly, and I remember, I remember following the election. I remember following the primaries, and I remember saying, don't count Biden out. And people called me, I had my, I was still back on in LA at the time. I remember people called me, and this was, no, don't, 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 it's, Biden's dead. What are you talking about? He's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. I said, don't count him out. This is a guy who's got the connections and the, the Democratic Party is one that largely dependent on these connections. So I said, don't count him out. 
Biden ultimately, um, yeah, February 29th, exactly. So the, the South Carolina primary that revived Joe Biden's candidacy happened right at the end of February. In March, this guy, Gal Luft, decides to come forward to the U.S. authorities, to the FBI. Because he sees that Biden's gaining steam. He goes, look, I, I think I need to alert the, the authorities that something's going on. Well, this is what he says in the video, by the way, about this. My ordeal goes back to uh, a fatal decision I made in March of 2019 to share with the U.S. government my knowledge about the Biden family's relations with CFC. Because at the time, there were rumors that Joe Biden was planning to run for president. I saw it as my civic duty to alert the government beforehand and give it enough time to probe the issue. Now, what's the CFC? Because you know, these guys all are these D.C. insiders, and you know they, they get used to using all these acronyms. This is the China Energy Company, okay? And it's, it's, and it's, and it's called, yeah, the, the, it's referred to... The acronym is the yeah, China Energy Company is CEFC. What the F is for? It's China Energy Company CFC, and it goes by CEFC. Regardless, that's who they're talking about. I believe, and we're going to find this out more definitively in the coming days, I believe that the Z in the WhatsApp message demanding payment. If you don't come through on your promises, I will make sure, this is Hunter Biden, right? Threatening some guy in China. I will make sure that between me and my father, we're gonna come after you, lock, stock, and barrel. I think, I think it's this, this organization. And remember, they are a quasi-governmental agency. They are a group with ties to the communist government there in China, people that are on the board have close ties to the uh, to the government in China. So uh, so Luft basically says, look, I, I saw this. I know that the Bidens have these ties because I was there. I knew what was going on. So I called the feds. I called the feds and I told them what was I said, listen, we got to talk. And here's where it gets weird. Because he was in Brussels at the time, and Luft says that the Department of Justice actually sent some people to see him. And this is what they. This is what he says about it. The DOJ sent to Brussels a delegation of six uh, people: two prosecutors from the Southern District of New York, by the names of Daniel Reichenthal and Catherine Ghosh, and four FBI agents. One of them was Special Agent Joshua Wilson from the Baltimore field office, which also happens to cover the state of Delaware. Now you wanna ask yourself, why did the government dispatch to Europe so many people? Why six? Why not two? The answer is that they knew very well that I'm a credible uh, witness and that I have insider knowledge about the group and the individuals that enriched the Biden family. The reason they sent so many people to see this guy, okay, is because the FBI was about to crap a brick. They realized that the candidate that they preferred, not preferred, that they desired strongly to beat Donald Trump was extremely vulnerable. Now, this wasn't news to the FBI, and we'll get into this more after the break. 
This was all obvious to everybody. They knew this, but they knew they had to protect Biden at all costs. What happens next is unbelievable. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, back in a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Welcome to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajovsky here, your host, reporting for duty. That's right. Yes, um... Well, I, I just had an opportunity today. I had a, a brief meeting here in downtown Las Vegas. I need to share this with you uh, because it's everything I love about Las Vegas. I'm I'm downtown. My office is downtown in the Arts District, which is a, a great little place in and around Charleston and Main Street. We're Charleston and Casino Center. So it's Casino Center and Main Street just off the 15 freeway. And it's it's really a spectacular neighborhood. And if 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 you live here in Vegas, you got to come down and check it out. Great food, great little places, great barbecue. There's great pizza, there's great restaurant, all sorts of wonderful stuff. But I'm at twelve twenty eight Main, which is a new spot that's opened up a block away from my office. And uh, a couple of officers from uh, from the marshals are there city marshals and um, and we just had a lovely interaction and I thank them for everything that they do uh, here to keep us safe downtown and, and keep the city in order and I, I am I just want I want I want you all to know I, I I understand I occasionally here will have a criticism of folks in the government and I, and as a rule they generally are leveled at Soros Democrats <laughs> but once in a while, I, when deserved, will also criticize uh, Republicans, and I'll criticize, you know, different different people who are falling short of their of their civic duty. But I got to tell you, the officers in this city are remarkable, and it sets us apart from the rest of major cities across this country. We have uh, remarkable officers, and at least for now. We have political will that more or less backs them, and we need more of that. So when I talk about lawlessness in, in, in Las Vegas, when I talk about the importance of us not becoming L.A., not becoming San Francisco, folks, I am, I'm referring to political will. It has nothing to do with the officers working the street. It has nothing to do with the officers responding to, to calls. I... I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago there was a – in fact, I mentioned it here before it was in the RJ, before it was anywhere. I, I, I discussed – it was a Friday two weeks ago, Friday, a shooting at the uh, – this was the Turnberry Towers, which is across the street from, from the four towers of Turnberry where the club is, just off of Karen and Paradise. And I mentioned how I had a, a good friend of mine who was just coming upon the building when she was uh, when she when she heard the police coming in and gunshots and she had to quickly duck out and uh, and the the there was a, a guy that had come in and started shooting in the lobby 
and a gentleman working for the building who was a concealed carry permit holder pulled out his uh, firearm and shot the guy and ended the matter right then and there. By the way, this is why this is not a national news story because it doesn't fit into the gun control narrative. But I digress. So, what's my point of the story? As my friend is there backing away from this disaster unfolding, who's rolling in? Lights and siren, guns blazing, it's Metro. And that's something, you know what, folks? Every time, and I occasionally will get pulled over, every time I get pulled over, I don't care if I'm going to get a ticket. If I deserve it, I deserve it. But when I get pulled over, I see an officer that day in and day out rushes in to a major problem. And that's me being polite. I have a different word for it if we were having a drink somewhere together. But they rush into it. When we're backing away, they're going in. And they don't know if they're going to come home to their families. They don't know if they're, they're they don't know what what the end result of it's going to be. It's not always perfect. In the age of cameras, everybody's got a video camera. You're going to catch police doing imperfect things. Not all of them. Some of them. And I know there's some bad cops out there. Very aware of it. I've sued them. There's some terrible police officers out there. It's a small minority. But here in Vegas, we are lucky that we have an incredible law enforcement community. So I just want to, I don't know, I just want to take a minute here and recognize that and how grateful all of us are for everything that law enforcement does out there for us to keep us safe. And remember, our votes matter. We have to support them. If we don't have the political will, if we decide to, if we decide to elect George Soros DAs to run the city, which we, by the way, we've got a Democrat DA here, uh, but he is anything but that. And, uh, and I, I will tell you all in all, a good guy. Um, if, we go the, if we go the LA route, we go the uh, San Francisco route, we're, we're, we're done. It's over. And it starts with us voters. It starts with every single election, particularly the local ones. So I just want to mention that. Now, speaking of law enforcement that is perhaps a little bit less than stellar, I had to give my shout-out and my praise where it is due in law enforcement. But I have a problem right now, particularly if you have been following the program for a while. I have a problem with the FBI as it is presently constituted. If you're a rank-and-file FBI agent, if you're a law and order person, male or female, if you work in a tireless pursuit of catching the bad guy, regardless of what political party or what family that person is affiliated with, you're aghast at what's going on. Now, just before the bottom of the hour, I was talking about Gal Luft, Luft, Dr. Gal Luft, G-A-L-L-U-F-T. Now, who is he? He's a um, uh, think tank guy, Washington, D.C., Israeli dude, and he uh, works for the Analysis uh, Institute for the Analysis of Global Security, which is a uh, an outfit that is 
in the field of energy security, okay? Now, energy security, you'll remember I mentioned this before, it's, it was kind of Hunter Biden's milieu. That was his little pond that he would fish in for his multi-million dollar Biden crime family bribes. And the CEFC, the Chinese energy group, he was, that's where, you know, principal benefactors of Hunter Biden, he was affiliated with that group. I think in the coming weeks, you're going to find out more connections. All this is going to become more clear. But this guy produced a video. It was exclusively provided to the New York Post today. And so I am talking about it because this is huge. Now, what I mentioned uh, just uh, again before we had a break, I, I mentioned how he described how four, uh, six, let's see, six people, four FBI agents, and two people from the Southern District of New York, prosecutors, came to visit him in Brussels. What's in Brussels, by the way? Do we know? We do. It's the head of the EU. Brussels is sort of the European capital. It is an absolutely worthless city. Uh, it is in a bureaucracy. It's just alive because of the EU bureaucracy. But anyway, it's Brussels. You go visit him there. And, you know, he says basically, why did they dispatch all these people? Well, they knew I was what I had to say was credible. And I would say there's another part of this. The FBI and the DOJ were paranoid about anything bad coming out about about the Bidens because they wanted Biden to win because Biden would protect the agency at all costs. And they knew Trump, if he got a second term, would lay waste to it. So Luft says he shares info with them. And this is what he describes about that. I shared my information about the Biden family's financial transactions with CFC, including specific dollar figures. I also provided the name of Rob Walker, who later became known as Hunter Biden's bagman. Uh, yet, as we now know today from the whistleblower testimony, uh, Gary Shapley, it took the DOJ a whole 21 months to probe the issue and to actually talk to Walker. Because they were waiting to, one, have the election over, hopefully even push this back to re-election time. They didn't want it coming out when it did, meaning the DOJ didn't want any of the stink to be, you know, to be wafting through the air about the Biden crime family. And moreover, they wanted certain statute of limitations to pass. That's the real criminality here. Now, when it, when it comes to particular agents here, who perhaps were hmm, playing defense for the Bidens more than others, uh, there's a question about a mole. And there's a very particular characteristic that this agent within the DOJ had who was sharing information with Biden and his Chinese partners that he had. Pay attention to this part of, of, of the 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 uh, video in particular, because it's very important. But perhaps the most alarming information I revealed was of a mole within the DOJ who shared classified information with Hunter Biden and his Chinese partners. I told the DOJ that Hunter was closely associated with a very senior retire, retired FBI official who had distinct physical characteristic. He had one eye. One of the FBI agents at the time even told me you know, that would be very easy for us to find. There aren't that many one-eyed people in the Bureau. Yeah, so we're looking for a Cyclops FBI agent 
uh, who apparently he believed was sending information to the uh, to the FBI. Now, remember, remember, remember. I don't. I know I'm going all the way back to uh, the election here in 2020. Remember the Biden, the Hunter Biden laptop. Now, the Hunter Biden laptop. It, if you'll recall was at a repair shop. Hunter Biden was cracked out of his mind, so he didn't know it was going to pick it. He didn't know he had to pick it up, whatever. So what did Hunter Biden do? He left it there, and it eventually gets, you know, turned over to the media, to the New York Post. They do their expose, and then the FBI comes in and seizes it. Remember all this? Guess who seized it? Listen. Information I provided the FBI in March of 2019 was fully corroborated nine months later when the famous laptop belonging to Hunter Biden, which contained all the emails and receipts, was handed to the FBI. And guess who seized the laptop from the computer repair shop? It was Special Agent Joshua Wilson, who was with me in Brussels. What do you know? It was the same guy from the FBI who goes out there, who literally seizes the laptop, plays hide the ball with the laptop, secretes it to FBI headquarters. Then the FBI and the DOJ put out a whole convoluted thing about how this is Russian disinformation, cannot be trusted. The New York Post publishes a story about this in the lead up to the election and gets struck from Twitter. All of this stuff, by the way, connects. See how it all connects? Zuckerberg getting threatened by the Biden people in the White House by all those folks. If you don't take this down, if you don't crack down on misinformation, we're going to pull Section 230 and we're going to we're going to we're going to put out rules and regulations and legislation that will be damaging to you. All those threats. And so they did it. This is scandalous, folks. It's all starting to stink. Now, after the break, let me tell you about the fallout. What do they do to a witness like this? It's not just about suppressing the story. It's about suppressing the witness. Pay special attention to just how dirty these people are. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Yeah, I'm playing around with threads, the new quote-unquote Twitter app from Instagram Meta. Yeah, I don't know about this thing. Yeah, at what's right, Sam. That's my that's my thread name. I don't I don't I don't know if this thing's gonna work. I it's it's too soon to tell. I got on it yesterday. It's when it launched, and uh, I think uh, well, so I'll tell you more about it. We'll talk about it as the show progresses. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, yeah, so this witness, missing Biden corruption case witness, missing, why is he missing? Did he get lost? This doesn't happen in the U.S. You know, we don't, we're not Putin's Russia. 
You don't have a guy that suddenly gets poked with an umbrella and dies of polonium poisoning four days later. That doesn't happen in the United States. Missing? What are you talking about? Well, it gets interesting. So this guy basically has the goods on, on, on uh, Hunter Biden, or so he alleges. And he's an energy uh, security think tank guy, Israeli guy, operating out of D.C., Europe, and international is the sense I get. And because he represents the same energy conglomerate group agency that Hunter Biden was scamming for dollars, you know, that's, you know, he had some intimate knowledge about what was going on. So he goes to the FBI in March of 2019 and he says, hey, this is all the stuff I know. And the FBI goes, oh, great, fabulous. Okay, um, tell us more. Tells him everything. And then crickets, like literally nothing, silence, not even crickets, just nothing. And then, of course, you know the story about the, the, the laptop. And the laptop corroborates everything he's told to the FBI. So you would think at this point, by the way, the FBI sees the laptop and goes, oh, it's Russian disinformation. But they already met with a year earlier, a guy who literally said, no, this is going on, this is going on X, Y, and Z, laying it all out. It's corroborated in the laptop and the FBI still is playing defense for Joe Biden. Now, how far did that uh, defense go? So, the attorney general, the acting deputy attorney general, excuse me, suspends the investigation. So on the eve of the elections, Luft decides to lawyer up because this is getting serious. He says this. Despite all that, on the eve of the 2020 elections, I sent my lawyer to Washington to meet with then Acting Deputy Attorney General, Mr. Richard Donahue. Mr. Donahue confirmed to my lawyer that he was aware of my claims, but now we learn from the IRS whistleblower that it was Rich Donahue himself who suspended the investigation a few weeks earlier on September 4th, 2020, on the grounds that it was, quote, too close to the elections. Yeah, remember, Donahue agreed to meet one of the actors here, Hennick, at a Starbucks near DOJ headquarters, corresponded on his private email. And Luft showed the emails to the Post uh, between his attorney and the senior official, right? This, this is weird stuff. Oh, let's meet at a Starbucks outside of DOJ headquarters. So what happens to Luft? What happens to the guy who a, well, you know, a year and a half more than a year and a half before the election, raises the alarm with Joe Biden and all of his criminality, well, he gets charged with the crime himself. February this year, I was arrested in Cyprus on an extradition request from the Southern District of New York, the very same office that met with me uh, in Brussels. 
The seven count indictment said I violated the export, uh, Arms Export Control Act, and if I convicted, I would face up to 100 years in prison, even though I never traded a bullet in my entire life. In fact, nowhere in my indictment, the DOJ claimed or presented evidence that I bought, sold, shipped, or financed any weapons. Well, what do you think of that? The best thing is, and here's where it gets delicious, he gets charged as a unregistered foreign agent. February this year, I was arrested in Cyprus on an extradition request from the Southern District of New York, the very same office that met with me uh, in Brussels. The seven-count indictment said I violated the export, uh, Arms Export Control Act, and if I convicted, I would face up to 100 years in prison, even though I never traded a bullet in my entire life. In fact— Oh, I need to play that when we come back. I just was playing the same clip again. But the point is, right, this indictment seems very officially tied, right? It's all a little bit too close for comfort. I don't know, this thing just stinks. And you get the idea here that the FBI is absolutely in the bag for pretending, protecting Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. More on this when we return. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. See you in a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Welcome back, friends. The What's Right Show continues here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Grateful to be with you here. These two hours, 1 to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday. Uh, Well, this is interesting news. I always talk about the possibility of Gavin Newsom and other liberal Democrats entering the race uh, for election in 2024 should Biden falter either by design or by well, by intentional interference by the party's powers that be, the heart of the U.S. economy has moved south. Six states in the Sun Belt, Florida, Texas, Georgia, North and South Carolina, Tennessee, are outperforming the Washington-New York-Boston corridor significantly for the first time ever. The perennial powerhouse in the north now uh, worse off. And why is it? Because more than $100 billion decided to pick itself up and walk itself down south. And I wonder why. What could it be about New York? What could it be about Boston? What could it be about Washington that makes big money up and go? Look, I, I don't want to make this a big head scratcher, but I don't know. If you're a wealthy investment banker and you're based in Manhattan and you uh, survived the COVID epidemic, I'm using that word now with a bit of tongue-in-cheek, the epidemic. I Now when I talk about the COVID epidemic, by the way, and yes, I'm going to get back to Biden in a moment. Bear with me. 
When I talk about the COVID epidemic, I'm not talking about (coughs) getting sick. I'm talking about the way government reacted. All of the weaselly, power-hungry politicians going, oh, yes, now we've got some power. You can't do this. You can't do that. You stay home. You shutter your business. You don't do this. The most despicable, disgusting, power-hungry losers who happened to be in power at the moment took advantage. And so back to my example of the, you know, hedge fund manager. So a guy in a hedge fund, bear with me here. I'm going to say some, you know, throw out some C numbers. The guy that runs a hedge fund, what does he make a year? Hundreds of millions of dollars per year. It's inconceivable, right? It's the kind of wealth where, you know, you go, oh, I really want that house or I really want that plane or I really want that vacation. You don't, you don't even think about it. You could just buy it. You, 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 can, you can live anywhere. And he's got his fancy high-rise uh, building somewhere, let's say Avenue of the Americas and, and just, you know, near Central Park. And he's going... He's got a a fashionable Upper East Side pad and, you know, once in a while, usually takes a car service or a chauffeur-driven limousine. Once in a while, he goes, you know, I'm going to be a man of the people. I'm going to walk through the park, which, by the way, pre-COVID, you could do. And all of a sudden, he's walking through the park and bad stuff goes down. He goes to the police, and the police go, "Yeah, you know what? It's a personal color, and we're going to sorry, buddy. And he has a realization when he gets back to his triplex apartment or townhome, $70 million, $80 million on the Upper East Side. He has a realization. He goes, I could die here. I could die in New York. You know, I like the food, I like the drinks, the cocktails. I got some favorite places. My kids go to a pretty decent school, although it's 80000 a year. Uh, I like it here. It's New York, New York, dun, dun, da, da, dun, right? But I could die here. And a light bulb goes off. I, this guy, this fictional character I'm giving you, but by the way, I know for a fact there are real names, real people that have gone through this, that have thought this, that have had this happen to them, and have made the following decision that I'm about to tell you. This guy goes, screw it. I'm out of here. I can move to Miami. And Miami has great food. I can live in a big, nice house. I don't care. It was, oh, it's $80 million. Screw it. I don't sell my New York place. I'm moving down there. Wait a minute. No state income tax? What? No city income tax? Yes, you heard me right. In New York, you pay both federal and state, but also on top of it, there's a income tax. Your your, your income is taxed by the city. (laughs) It's a bloodbath. They just basically stick a shiv in you and bleed you out. Now, if you're making hundreds of millions of dollars, do you really care? Well, you know, a lot of people didn't. 
as long as the compact was kept. And what was the compact? What was the deal? All right, we get it. It's expensive. All right, we get it. You quote unquote hate rich people. Fine. You're going to punish us. Fine. We're all liberals. We get it. We're, you know, don't come after us with your pitchforks. We're going to pay into the system. I'm describing to you real thinking here. That's how these, because, you know, you and I think, what are these crazy rich Democrats thinking? Why are they, why are they up for this? And the answer is, oh, don't, I'm, I'm a rich guy, but don't, I'm a Democrat. I'm paying all my money in taxes. You know, I'm doing the right thing. I'm socially whatever. And don't come after me. But then these new Democrats came after them, and they came after them by threatening their security. They came after them by threatening the security of their families. They came after them by threatening the security of their employees. And all of a sudden, the compact was broken. All of a sudden, these, these people in New York go, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to Miami. I don't care how much the house is. I don't care, whatever. I'm, I'm saving all this money in income tax. Screw you. Here's my middle finger to the state and city of New York. Suck it. And out they went. It's $100 billion. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm reading the story. I tell you this number's low. This number is, this is the tip of the iceberg. This is the settled number as of 2021. Now, 2023, soon 2024, pff, it's going to be a lot higher. It is amazing how People with money have something called portability. People with money can get up and go. Now, I'm not a hedge fund guy, but I have decent means, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a well-heeled guy. I've earned it all myself, very proud of myself for what I've accomplished in my life. I made a decision to bolt out of California. I could do it. I could roll into Nevada, buy a nice house, have a good life, Nope, ain't no thing, right? So what? You know, I know the, it was tough for the kids. Yes, agreed. Tough for my family, you know, because moving is difficult. But we all got over it. And now, looking back, we go, the schools are better. We're pub, not in public school, you know, private schools. Great pu private schools here, by the way. And um, great community, great friends. No interest in going, going back to California. Are you kidding me? So this $100 billion wealth migration, as it's being described here, you know, by the way, two-thirds of all job growth in the country is now concentrated in the southeast. And it's home to the 10 of the 15 fastest-growing cities. Suck it, Gavin, Gavin Newsom, right? This guy's going to run on his record in California. It's people are bailing on his state left and right. Same way they're bailing on New York, same way they're bailing on Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Jersey, so forth and so on. These blue states have become inhospitable. And the reason is, is that blue used to mean, well, you're a little like socially liberal and you know, fiscally kind of middle of the road, if not conservative. And that was the you know Democratic Party of Bill Clinton, let's say. Uh-uh. Now it's insanity. Now it's fanaticism now it's letting criminals out of jail so they go out on the street and kill people that's what it's about these people are bananas and i know a number of you who are longtime democrats listening to this program but you're nevada democrats so i have to put that asterisk there you go yeah these people are crazy sam you're right 
thing is, the Democratic Party has moved away from the position of reason and common sense. It's not, it's not good out there. And if you're a single-issue voter, you're going, well, it's, for me, it's abortion. Okay, but you're, you're giving away everything else that matters in life for that one issue. That's, that's the problem. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break here. Yes, I'm going to more on this Gal Luft guy. Put out a video published by the New York Post exclusively detailing what happened to him after he came forward to the FBI I, at least a year and a half before the 2020 election to allege that the Biden family was engaged in corruption with China, getting paid off by the Chicoms for Biden's sleazy deals that really had nothing to do with energy and everything to do with access. So what happened to him? Comes forward, no investigation. They cover it up. The same FBI agent that sees him about this later is the one who collects the Hunter Biden laptop. Then the FBI says the laptop is disinformation from Russia. Mm. And what do they do? They go after the witness. This kind of stuff happens in totalitarian regimes. When the left screams about Vladimir Putler, meaning Putin and Hitler, right, combined, these people need to look in the mirror. I'm not defending Putin. I'm just saying much of the tactics seen by this Democratic administration reminds me of what some of these despicable totalitarian regimes do to their critics. Sam Erjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, back in a moment. Rarely wrong, always right. Sam Marjofsky here, your host of the What's Right program. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Now, uh, this witness uh, coming forward in a video exclusively published through the New York Post, the reason I think that he's come forward to the New York Post because the New York Post is the original, well, he's the original uh, intimidation victim of the uh, DOJ FBI uh, influence uh, efforts to protect the Biden family. Remember, they were the one that originally got their hands on the laptop and found in it uh, this is Hunter's laptop, found it beyond the, of course, salacious pictures of Biden smoking crack pipes and playing with guns in the company of scantily clad women of the night. Also, more disturbingly, found evidence of him colluding uh, with uh, members of his family and others in obtaining large sums of money from foreign governmental actors in exchange for a very... Uh, well, difficult to understand services other than, of course, access to his father, who was then vice president of the United States. So Gal Luft, this Israeli think tank energy guru guy who knows the Chinese people that are likely the same ones that Hunter Biden was texting, threatening, pay me now or I'm going to sick Joe Biden on you. <laughs> So what happens to him? He goes and tells the FBI. He thinks, look, I'm going to just, I'm going to, 
well, it looks like this guy's going to become the nominee. Hell's bells. I better let the FBI know the guy running for president is compromised by the Chicoms. So they go in and charge him with arms trafficking. Now, here's the clip I wanted to play at the uh, coming up to the top of the hour, but I we pressed the wrong button over here, folks. It happens from time to time. Here's what they also charged him. So charged with arms trafficking. They also charged him with being a foreign agent. Listen. I was also charged with acting as an unregistered agent of CFC, which is a FARA violation. But let me tell you a little secret. The same CFC that the U.S. government claims was associated with the Chinese intelligence and, quote, an international criminal organization, was a 501c3 charitable organization registered in the state of Virginia and approved by the IRS. The same organization was also a major donor to the Clinton Foundation and Columbia University. Needless to say that none of their executives were charged for any wrongdoing. And who even cares about any of that? This is a group, the Chinese were giving money to Hunter Biden. And Hunter Biden just got two misdemeanor slaps on the wrist, no jail time, from the feds. They know he got all of this money. Was Tell me right now, was Hunter Biden a registered foreign agent when he took money from Burisma from Ukraine? Was he a registered foreign agent when he dealt with Romania? Or from any of these goofballs in China, whether or not they were registered as a 5013C? C3? No. This is so maddening. And I, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start getting violent over here as I as I as I take my stack of stuff and roll it up in a roll and begin whacking my computer screen that folks, this is maddening. It ought to make you so upset. So this Luft guy, this witness says, well, he's got an idea, let's make it all public. I, by the way, am fully behind. So let me propose an idea. Why won't the DOJ make my indictment public? Do it. Make my day. Put it on your website so that every American can see the nature of the allegations against me, the quality of the evidence, and the length the government is willing to go to weaponize the justice system to punish whistleblowers like me. I have another idea. Why won't the FBI submit to Congress the minutes from the Brussels meeting? Let everybody see what happened in Brussels. Why not? Are you trying to protect anything? Are you trying to protect anybody? Mic drop, boom, smackdown on the Bidens. Of course they are, and he knows it. This is the confidence of a person who knows exactly what the record will tell. Now, do we know this yet? No, but a lot of what we've come across as we've gotten deeper into this mess has been corroborated now. And the left, the media, everybody's like, huh, we don't care. Let it go. Sam, just let it go. You know what? This is, mm, let it go. No, I'm not going to freaking let it go. You berated us, all of us for four years about BS, Russia collusion, nonsense with Trump, 0% of it corroborated, all of it now based on 100% Fugazi hot air. You know it, you knew at the time, by the way, it was hot air. You let that lead to two impeachments. One, of course, over the Russia collusion itself, the other, over the call to Ukraine. 
Meanwhile, Joe Biden was the guy who was milking money out of Ukraine through his crackhead son, Hunter. And then when people came forward to talk about it to the DOJ, to the FBI, the DOJ and the FBI swept it under the rug and literally indicted the complaining witness. This is so beyond despicable. Our country deserves better. All of these people ought to be put in prison, removed certainly from office, held accountable for their sins. And the FBI as an agency ought to be closed or completely gutted and reorganized. It is despicable. And I know, and I've heard from you, there are a number of local even agents who work for the agency and you're you're disgusted by it too you get it you know this isn't who you are you're not a political shock troop you're you're a law enforcement agent that's what you ought to be doing it's heartbreaking to see our country hijacked like this i know you agree Now, the same thing is being now done about the cocaine. This is a simple thing, right? They're just sweeping it under the rug, proverbially speaking, because it's a powder. They're hiding the ball on it. We're tired of being gaslit. We're tired of being lied to. Enough is enough. Sam Rajofsky, The What's Right Show, will continue in a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. All right, the story is changing again. Speaking of the Hunter Coke Trail, that's right. The devil's dandruff loose in the White House apparently was found near the Situation Room and not in the West Wing visitor entrance, as everyone was telling us yesterday. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, you're listening to the What's Right show. Why does any of this matter? Well, it matters because it's part and parcel of an established M.O., that federal law enforcement agencies have in protecting Joe Biden and his family. And it's unacceptable, especially in the light of that these same agencies conspired for four years to take down Donald Trump. You can't say, well, you're just protecting the president. No, they literally worked to protect Biden before he was president. Now they're protecting him while he's president. And they did these Herculean efforts, most of them overlapping, in a period when they were all intent to destroy Trump. Now, how do I, how do I uh, sum this up in a way that makes this make sense? See, this isn't about like Trump versus Biden, for me at least. I'm, by the way, there's news today about more charges on the Trump indictment, moving boxes and videos and everything. I'm just tired of it, okay? I, I'm tired of it. It's sloppy, okay, guys? It's sloppy. But at the same time, I'm tired of it because they're going after every little thing where Trump, it seems to me, broke the law, okay? But Team Biden's getting away with murder. So I'm not going to talk about Trump. I'm done talking about it. 
something interesting happens, some major legal pivot occurs, I will discuss it, put on my lawyer hat, and we'll, we'll roll up our sleeves. But in the meantime, this matters to me. This effort to protect Biden and to destroy Trump matters to me because it is an example of unelected, powerful people in our government subverting the popular will. That is what it is about. I was raised in a United States of America where they taught me in elementary school that we are a democracy. And God forbid that that, not, that, that be true, right? I mean, that's what we're supposed to be. But how are we a democracy? If people with arrest powers, people with shoot-to-kill powers, people with guns, badges, federal federal powers, people who can throw you in jail on a technicality, believe it or not, for 20, 30 years, when those people decide, you know what? We don't care that you Americans elected Donald Trump. We don't care. We know that guy is a despicable piece of garbage. We're smarter than you, stupid rubes. We're smarter than this democracy. We're going to get together and figure out a way to get rid of that guy and replace him with this piece of human garbage, you know, glitchy, you know, you know, Joe Biden and and all of his criminality. They're just going to overlook all of that because why? Those people are going to protect the establishment. That bothers me fundamentally. And I'm old enough to remember a time in this country where that bothered liberals. Okay? It really bothered liberals. In fact, if you go back to the hippity-dippity 60s and 70s, it was the liberals who struggled with the concept of the establishment, right? Versus the will of the people. And we're there now, only the paradigm has shifted, it's done a 180. And now it's the Democrats who are the establishment. They've they got the institutions, right? They've got the universities, they've got law enforcement, they've got the judges, they've got everything. The one thing they don't have is the Supreme Court, and those people are crying like little weenies all day long about that, making things up literally about the legitimacy of the court. People have never won a fair fight in their lives. They're so used to having a finger on the scale. It's what they did in the 2020 election. And, and whether they modified votes or added votes or everything, that's not what I'm – the greatest – that's not what I'm talking about. The greatest election interference in 2020, and we Republicans need to wake that frick up and understand this is what it was – the biggest interference was that the DOJ, the FBI, the Secret Service even came in and protected the Bidens and hurt Trump. Because they viewed the Bidens as good for them. Not good for America, not a reflection of what the people wanted, but good for them. James Comer, by the way, got into a little bit of this 
question raising when it comes to the Secret Service because these are gun charges. I brought up the Secret Service, and you're probably thinking, well, why the Secret Service? What's, what does that have uh, anything to do with anything? And, uh, and I tell you, it's, it's big. Uh, it, has, it has to do with the gun charges. And uh, this is, uh, by the way, James Comer yesterday on Fox News, Jason Chaffetz. Um, Comer's talking about what he's concerned with. And here's what he says. So we're concerned about that, but we also have questions for the Secret Service because if you go back to the, uh, the one of the things that Hunter Biden pled guilty on was illegal possession of a firearm, uh, we have reports that the Secret Service went and tried to uh, talk to the firearms dealer to find out who he had notified, and we're, we're snooping around with that. That's concerning, Jason, because at that particular time, Joe Biden didn't have Secret Service protection. He wasn't vice president and he wasn't a candidate for president at that time but they sent people in there to dig around on this stuff to help hunter biden there are questions that need to be answered and by the way you know i don't want to hear it's all in the past because literally over the weekend probably probably maybe hunter biden left some of his um little powder there somewhere in the White House. Everybody's running cover for him. And it is a national security risk. It is a problem. Somebody who's compromised by China. Why is he in the White House? Why is he living there? James Comer asks that as well. We're concerned about uh, the fact that the president's son, who we've said for for seven months now is a is a risk to our national security, is spending so much time in the White House. We have reports that say he's spending more time there than Joe Biden's actually spending there because we don't really know where Hunter Biden lives uh, unless he's living in in the White House, and that's a concern because you look go back to the laptop that they want to deny the people that he associated himself with uh, are very questionable characters. Many of them are incarcerated. Many of them are are in court uh, and of course drug use. I mean, there are pictures. They took pictures of himself uh, smoking crack while he was driving. Yeah. I mean, this is, is, by the way, can you, again, imagine for just a minute, humor me here, Don Jr., Donald Trump Jr., somehow a video is released during the Donald Trump presidency of him driving a car, driving a Porsche 170 miles an hour while smoking crack. Can you imagine what the reaction would be from the media in this country? I can't even begin to wrap my head around what that would be. And yet, it happened to Hunter and nothing Nothing said. I mean, we're yeah, you and I are talking about it because, of course, this is an independent news source, and you see a little bit on Fox News and elsewhere, but you're 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 not getting it on MSNBC, and they're running cover on all of this stuff. They're too busy talking about all the Trump judges that are voiding the First Amendment, all this nonsense. So, friends, I I I'm it's. This, to me, is the real election interference. This, to me, is the real story. This, to me, is what is criminal. It is ongoing. This isn't something that happened in the past. It started in the past, and it's part and parcel of the same pattern that has continued for years and years. This family is criminal. They're despicable, and they need to be in jail. 
And the sooner that that happens, by you, look, you want to throw Trump in jail for doing bad things? Fine. Put the Bidens in there with him. Because what they did is far more criminal than anything that Trump ever did. Even if every allegation against him right now is true. And that is the word. Sam Rajovsky, back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. The word, What's Right show will continue here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Great news resulting from the court decision blocking Biden officials from dictating to social media companies what information, what posts uh, are to be eliminated. Uh, Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. We talked about this matter yesterday. This was a uh, injunction that was granted, and the memorandum on the injunction was, was 150 pages long. It was absolutely devastating in its specificity about all of the collusive contacts between the Biden administration, people inside the White House, and also affiliated subservient federal agencies that report to the President of the United States, and their efforts to get Twitter, Facebook, Meta, right, Instagram, and Google, who is the apparent company of YouTube, a major a content provider, to take down posts critical of the administration. I mentioned yesterday that there were not just voluminous examples of so-called COVID misinformation being targeted, but also posts that were critical of Joe Biden. There was a, a, a specific account that was a parody account for a Biden family member, and that had a specific email that went out to Twitter saying, take this down, to get this down, remove this. 45 minutes later, voila, it disappeared. Can you imagine? So the consensus, right, uh, among the left-wing media is that this is an affront to the First Amendment. <laughs> these people, and these are, by the way, these are lawyers. These are people that have some degree of, I would presume, legal expertise. Here's a... Uh, Example of it, Mike Barnacle uh, saying that the Trump judge avoided the First Amendment is uh, is the darkness of the GOP. That's what this is. Yes. When are Americans going to say, what is wrong with these people? What has happened to this country in the sense of what the Republicans have done to this country? You, you can take the MAGA judges. You can take the judge <laughs> down in Louisiana who recently just basically voided the First Amendment of this country. Just voided it. They're attacking the FBI. They're attacking the Department of Justice. They attacked the American military. And the darkness is slowly starting to develop all of the political talk that we hear and show each and every morning on this program. Yeah, listen. Uh, look, I have something to tell Mike Barnacle. He, uh, he may be a barnacle, but he literally is a talking hemorrhoid. All right, this is insanity. We have discovered through a court opinion, through sworn testimony, that the government of the United States, forget Republican, forget Democrat, the government, the executive branch of the U.S. government was directing private companies to take down the speech of citizens based on what that speech contained. Content-based regulation of speech by the government is a prima facie violation of the Constitution of the First Amendment, period, 
End of sentence. I don't know what is is this is Mike is Mike Barnacle is he is he has he found Hunter Biden's crack pipe is that what's going on here Robbie Oh and we're attacking the FBI I don't know I just spent 2 hours talking about a few examples of how I think perhaps the FBI has conducted itself in a less than becoming manner it, look if I'm wrong I don't think by the way I'm not wrong because it's it's already most of this has already been well documented and sworn to under oath it is enough evidence here to be you know in a to, to rise to a uh, I think a conviction in a criminal case beyond a reasonable doubt in a civil case certainly so this is I mean this is uh, this is an upside down reality so stopping the White House from censoring Americans is now, according to the American left, voiding the First Amendment, quote-unquote. Accountability for the FBI, accountability for cops, for law enforcement, that's attacking the FBI. By the way, you know what? I have a special today. I know it's Thursday. I'm a little feisty here. It's been a short week. Forgive me, folks. I have a special screw you for the American left today. Screw you for talking down frontline law enforcement officers who go out there and have to deal with the scum of the earth day in and day out. Screw you for wanting to defund the police. Screw you for your whole anti-law enforcement law and order agenda. Screw you for letting the criminally insane out of jail every 10 seconds so they can go out and reoffend and make law-abiding citizens' lives miserable. Screw you for all of that, and at the same time, defend the FBI, the management of the FBI, for taking a great American institution and destroying it, reducing it down to a political arm of the Democratic Party. And these are the same people. They, they don't want a strong military. They want a woke military. They want, they want a bunch of transsexuals and, and, and lunatics in the military who all think America's terrible. And they're, they're gonna, just going to be there. Oh, look, I'm, I'm compassionate. I'm compassionate. No, it's about killing the freaking enemy. That is what your job is. You are a killing machine. Thinking is not part of the equation. Now, I don't mean to offend anybody with that last part, but this is the rank and file in the military. You're there to take orders. You're there to do what you're told. You're not there to... You know, be taught about how, oh, America's done terrible things in the world and uh, this white supremacy. What a joke. Patton is turning in his grave listening to this nonsense. You imagine? How the hell would this military win World War II? Tell me that. They'd... (laughs) I'm just... And they're having a problem, by the way. I mean, get on the military kick, but you, you saw that this was a news story this week. They, the all-volunteer force is in jeopardy for the first time in however many years because why? They can't recruit people because the people that typically would recruit into the military don't want to join. 
They don't want to be there. They don't want to fight in the Dylan Mulvaney regiment. Okay? I mean, call me crazy. People who whose fathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers served the country look around and see Mark Millian go, I don't really think I want that guy as my commanding officer. Gosh. I, I tell you, and it's, it's a particular form of derangement and also of, dis, of, of tremendous of sociopathic dishonesty to take a judge, a, a judicial decision that slaps down major violations of the First Amendment and, and say that, it is, it, it, that it was, it's an act avoiding the First Amendment. That to me is, it's mind-numbingly stupid. And they know the difference, by the way. Folks, they understand it. These people are not stupid. But they are devious. They are deceptive. And they are despicable. We have to be aware of what's going on here. I am, well, let me tell you, I'm fired up. All right. Apparently, it's time to wrap this baby up. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840. Great to have you with us. The podcast, please go to the podcast, What's Right Show, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast, go there, click to subscribe. What's right show? You miss any portion of this program, you're on the road, etc. We have people listening all over the country. Join us there. Uh, the What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234. Folks, see you tomorrow. I'll be back here Friday. Week's almost over. Have a good one.